Hello and welcome to the Zach Drew Show. I am your host today, Josh Peck, as Zach is out of town. We have a very special guest, John Clash, to talk to us about his uh, new book, Law of Attraction, A Gateway Drug to Spiritual Heroin. But before we get to our guest, I must tell you that we are in the middle of a fundraiser and we would love for you to partner with us. We need to raise $40,000 so we can remain on Comcast Cable, Roku, and Apple TV that broadcast our show to 15 million homes. We also need to maintain our call center and our contract with our web developer. Now, obviously, to do what we do is incredibly expensive, and we are purely donation-based. We're only able to continue because of the generosity of you all at home. So please consider donating and helping us stay on the air. To do that, you can go to ZachDrewShow.com and click on the big donate button, or you can send your donation to Zach Drew Show, P.O. Box 797, Decatur, Illinois, 62525, or you can call at 888 459 5727. And sometimes the call center is a little busy, so if they take a little while to answer, just hang on the line. They will get to you as soon as they can. Thank you all so much for your generosity. Now, before we get to our guest, we have to tell you about the Paul Revere Club. Watch this. In a world where information is everywhere, how can we separate the signal from the noise? Introducing the Paul Revere Club. Your one-stop destination for breaking news, current events, and cutting-edge coverage of the latest developments in science, technology, politics, and so much more. Imagine finally having a place free of censorship where you can stay informed, inspired, and connected all in one convenient location. But that's not all. At the Paul Revere Club, we go beyond the headlines. Dive into our rich collection of Bible teachings where ancient wisdom meets modern relevance. For those seeking profound insights into news, prophecy, and unraveling the mysteries of the world, our newsletter provides exclusive show notes from The Zach Drew Show and extra commentary from Josh Peck, combining to offer the ultimate source of information for truth-seeking individuals like you. Receive our monthly newsletter by joining the Paul Revere Club today and embark on a journey of knowledge, inspiration, and the truth of God's Word. Connect with a community of like-minded brothers and sisters, passionate about staying informed and understanding the signs of our time. Signing up for the Paul Revere Club has never been easier or more affordable. For a monthly donation of only $30, you can unlock a world of knowledge at your fingertips. Simply call our toll-free number, 888-459-5727 and tell our operators you would like to join the Paul Revere Club. Or go to ZachDrewShow.com, click on the IGBY store, click the Paul Revere Club icon, and sign up today. The Paul Revere Club, prophetic warnings to pierce the darkness. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's welcome to the show, John Clash. John, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. How are you, Josh? I'm doing really, really well. I'm glad to have you here. Let's jump right in. Tell us about yourself. Uh, what is the secret and law of attraction, and how did you get to the point where you rejected all that stuff and turned to Jesus? Right. So I'm going to try to consolidate all of this uh, into bite-sized pieces, uh, just for brevity. But the law of attraction is essentially a new age slash new thought philosophy in which they believe that you are one with the universe, and because you're one with the universe, you can therefore create reality with your thoughts and your speech. So they believe that your thoughts have a quote-unquote frequency, and that frequency of whatever you're thinking about will then go out into the universe, which, again, you're a part of and you're one with, and it will then go out and attract back to you that predominant thought and manifest that into your physical reality. So that's law of attraction in a nutshell. And the way that I, first I got into it by, uh, I just met people who introduced me to the movie The Secret, which is one of the most popular uh, documentaries or publications about the law of attraction. They have books, DVDs, uh, streams. I think they're still on Netflix today. So that's how I got introduced to it. And what got me out of it was I can't pinpoint the exact moment of when this happened, but something just told me that I should not be participating in this as a Christian. And I started looking into the origins and what I found was just mind blowing. And so I started running around telling people why they should not practice the law of attraction. And I got a lot of pushback and they were like, what do you mean? You're the one that told me about the secret. You're the one that told me about the law of attraction. And so after receiving the same amount, the, the same kind of pushback and the same kind of questions over and over and over again, my wife suggested that I write a book. And so that's what brought us to where we're at today. And in the book, we go through every single reason of whether you're a Christian or secular or any, anything, you're going to come away from it understanding that you should not be practicing the law of attraction and that it's not neutral and it's also just chock full of lies, fallacies, scam industry behind it all and there's just no reason that anybody who has any little bit of cognitive ability should be looking at, it, at this information and then decide afterwards, yeah, I think I'm still going to practice this. So that's where we're at today. Yeah, I can definitely understand the pushback. Uh, when I came out of New Age, uh, and rededicated my life to Christ, um, I got a lot of pushback from that too. And especially when I wrote the book uh, with Stephen Van Carr's Second Coming of the New Age, because there's a lot of Christians that actually hold New Age beliefs and they don't know they're New Age because it's been allowed to creep into the church. When New Age first started, it was looked at just this you know silly fringe thing over here that we don't need to deal with, we don't need to talk about. Um, but that kind of attitude has let it grow into the monstrosity that it is today. You know, to the point where something like 90% of Christians have at least one New Age view that they don't even know is New Age. So when it comes to the secret and law of attraction, how prevalent are these things, are these teachings? And uh, what, what exactly makes it so dangerous? Well, so the secret is still on Amazon's bestseller list, right? So if you, not number one, but I believe it's at least top 100. So there's hundreds of thousands of books on Amazon in this category, and The Secret is still at the top 100. I believe it might even still be in the top 10. 
And that came out in 2006. So here we are almost 20 years later and people are still buying this book and, and, and listening to it and sharing it with people. So even though there was this whole secret craze around 2006, 2007, where everyone was talking about it and that initial craze died out, the ripple effect is, is, is still making its waves through the culture. All you have to do is type in the hashtag manifestation on TikTok and you'll see thousands of videos coming up about how you can manifest your reality. And some of these videos have millions and millions of views. So it's prevalent in society. It's also prevalent within the church. And I guess we can get into that um, a little bit later. But um, the reason that it's dangerous for Christians is the same reason that it would be dangerous for non-Christians. Is that it's rooted in the occult and Luciferianism. I'm not going to do a whole um, deep dive into the origins of it, but proponents of stuff like this and this worldview are people like Helena Blavatsky, um, Alistair Crowley. And if you just take a second and Google, type in their name and then type in Satanism or Luciferianism and just look at what comes up. When you type in Alistair Crowley, look up blood sacrifices and see what comes up what Aleister Crowley suggests that you should be doing during a blood sacrifice and ask yourself this question, is this a worldview that I want to participate in and be around? Uh, Helena Blavatsky had a magazine titled Lucifer. If that's not a uh, look into what it is she believes and what it is she's promoting, I don't know what is. And you don't have to take me or Josh's word for it. You can just look at Anton LaVey, who's arguably the most famous Satanist in the past century. And he said that all New Age spirituality is, is trying to play the devil's game without using his infernal name. And this is the guy who wrote the Satanic Bible. So it's not just us Christians doing Satanic panic and labeling everything demonic. It is demonic. It, at its at its core, and I'm not trying to commit any genetic fallacies and say that oh, just because it started demonic does you know that means that you can't use it today. No, it started demonic. It still is demonic, and the Bible is clear. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and that's what he does in this new age worldview as a whole, not just with the law of attraction. He paints it as love and light, but behind it is nothing but evil and darkness. Amen. And I, I saw the same kind of thing in New Age, especially when we came out with uh, our book on it, because in the book we show that even practicing yoga that many Christians are involved in today, practicing yoga, and it's not, like you said, it's not a genetic fallacy because it's the same positions that are really, I mean, they're used to venerate fallen angels. You know, fallen angels taught people these specific poses, these specific movements for a specific reason, and people are unknowingly or knowingly uh, doing that today and thinking that it's just exercise. So you're absolutely right. When something is rooted in, in Satanism and that Satanism continues, uh, we, we can't just ignore that as Christians and say, well, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, do some stretches or do yoga, or I'm just trying to uh, manifest good things into my life. You know, what's wrong with that? Well, it's that it's rooted in Satanism, as you said. Uh, another thing that has happened, too, is um, 
the, they've really hijacked science. Can you talk? Can you talk about how uh, the law of attraction and uh, the secret and all this stuff? Because you go into science quite a bit in your book as well. So how, how has uh, how have you seen science hijacked by New Age? So the number one way that it's hijacked is these people understand that most people are not scientists. I'm not a scientist, and most people that buy the secret or listen to anything law of attraction related, they're not scientists either. So they bank on the fact that they can use these scientific words and like uh, flux, fluctuations or um, frequencies and quantum physics, and they can use all of these words that us lay people have no idea what they equate to in the scientific world. And they can use them any which way they want and just kind of, I call it throwing smoke bombs, right? They throw smoke bombs at us and we don't know how to maneuver through the smoke and therefore they can lead us out of it in whatever direction they feel like leading us. And it's always to some hand-picked quantum physicist or scientist that agrees with the law of attraction interpretation of quantum physics, but completely disregarding that 99% of scientists in quantum physics disagree with the law of attraction interpretation of quantum physics. And they use this in order to trap you into their pseudoscientific net. And really all that is is a sales funnel. So they'll use things like quantum physics um, in which if there's a small percentage of graduates who graduate in physics, there's an even smaller percent of PhD graduates who graduate in something quantum, right? So this is a, a 1% of 1% of 1% of people who actually can navigate the realm of quantum physics. And then you have somebody like Rhonda Byrne who wrote The Secret. In her book, she says, I never paid attention in science, but now when I read complex books on quantum physics, I understand them because I want to. And here's the thing. Quantum physicists are even uh, admitting that they don't understand quantum physics. If you just look at how many different interpretations of, of quantum physics there are, and, and you look at how even in those interpretations, there's other branches that come out of those interpretations that interpret those interpretations differently than the original interpretation, and you expect me to believe that Rhonda Byrne knows the correct interpretation, right? So they, that's one of their, their, you know, their go-tos. And then you also have pantheism which, uh, you know, pantheism and strong panentheism. Uh, so they, both these worldviews, they're very similar. There's only one little difference in them, but essentially we are one with the universe and the universe is infinite, right? So that means there's no beginning, no end. This is a claim that they make. And to the, to the lay person who has never really spent any time looking into this, we might think, oh, wow, that, that makes sense. Uh, we are one with the universe. We're in the universe, so therefore we're of the universe. Maybe we are one with the universe. Maybe it is infinite. We don't know these things, and we completely forget that in, like, ninth grade science class, we learned about the Big Bang. And the Big Bang shows that there is a beginning of the universe. And I don't know if you understand the definition of what infinite means, but it means that there is no beginning and there is no end. So they claim that we are one with the universe and, and the universe is infinite, but science, uh, the, the thing that they hold on to the most to get you trapped into their sales funnel, which is science, that's the, the one thing that they shoot themselves in the foot with if you just take five minutes to research it and realize that 
the universe isn't infinite. It's not infinitely abundant, as they say. It may be mind-blowingly vast, but it's not infinitely abundant, right? Uh, so if there's a beginning, there's also an end coming. The second law of, of thermodynamics shows that there's an end of the universe coming. So just in, in that right there, they're not in agreement with science. So they use quantum physics, and then they use that to show that they are one, that we're all one with the universe, and then they completely ignore the Big Bang, and, and they have to do uh, linguistic and scientific gymnastics in order to avoid the reality of truth. But again, they bank on the fact that you and me aren't going to go double-check what they're saying. Yeah, and what's amazing, too, is when it's properly understood, science can actually show evidence for God. And you brought up something uh, in your book that you learned from Frank Turek, the SURGE acronym. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the SURGE acronym is, and I cannot take credit for this at all. Frank is way smarter than I am. As I mentioned, I'm not a scientist, right? But these are just, uh, each letter of surge is one piece of evidence for why scientists believe there's a beginning of the universe. So in that acronym, S-U-R-G-E, that's five strong pieces of evidence that point to a beginning of the universe. One being the second law of thermodynamics. You have things like the great galaxy seeds. That's the G in there. You have the universe that's expanding. All of these point to a beginning of the universe, which is why the consensus in science is that there was a beginning. So it's very easy for you to discover this. Yeah, and you know, science, when understood properly, shows us that there is a God, while New Age promises that you can be like God. Can you explain how this is just the same lie from the Garden of Eden? Right. So just to backtrack on the science part, the reason why we'll look at that evidence and say there must be a God is because the, laws, the law of causality, meaning anything that begins to exist has a cause. So we have the universe in which space, time, and matter all came into existence at one point in the past. So what caused that to happen? Whatever caused it must sit outside of space, time, and matter, and it must be powerful in order to create the universe. And I believe that it must be personal to make the decision to create the universe, and those attributes line up with the God that we see in the Bible, right? Now, as far as being the first lie, uh, so we all know the story um, of Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden and the serpent tricking Eve into eating from uh, the, the tree of, uh, of knowledge of good and evil, and that kind of disrupts everything. The perfect world that was created, sin entered into it in a moment, and now we are living in this fallen, sin-filled world. So the reason that he was able to trick Eve, he being the serpent slash the devil, was because of her ignorance. And that's not a, you know, I'm not taking shots at Eve here. All I'm saying is that she wasn't aware of certain things, right? So he questioned what God said about eating from this tree. He said, would you surely die? You, you surely won't die if you eat from this. Meanwhile, God said, if you eat of it, you will surely die, right? So the devil comes in and, and says, hey, you know, God, God's holding something back from you. He's holding back this hidden knowledge because what's the tree? The knowledge of good and evil, meaning you no longer listen to God about what's good and evil. You now get to know what's good and evil and decide for yourself which ones you want to follow, good and evil, right? So you can be like God like Elohim. That's the first lie. And 
the law of attraction, I feel that's why I call it a gateway drug to spiritual heroin, because it's the gateway to this lie that you can not only be like God, but that you are God. It's one bite into the forbidden fruit that opens a spiritual door that, you know, once we open a spiritual door, we don't get to decide what spirits come through it. And so we just open ourselves up to not only all this demonic influence, but we then go chasing spiritual high after spiritual high after spiritual high. And as you know, we discussed in our last conversation, chasing these spiritual highs can actually lead you to physical death. They definitely, they definitely lead you to spiritual death, but they can also lead to your physical death. And we can get into that in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I want to because... Uh... You know, I've I've seen this, you know, chasing spiritual highs a lot in Christianity. And, you know, I'm I'm a full believer in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and work in our world today and everything, but I have seen uh that get abused, and there are Christians that do that. And uh, you know, you mentioned um death. The the law of attraction is extremely dangerous. You have a part in your book where you go into some accounts of people who have believed in the law of attraction so heavily that it led to their deaths. Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, so there's a few examples right in the secret uh, itself, right? So one is this woman named Kathy Goodman. So there's a chapter called The Secret to Health, and in there she describes how she healed herself of breast cancer through the law of attraction, right? Completely healed, no more breast cancer. And when I first heard this, I got really excited because I have stomach issues. So I'm like, wow, if she can heal herself from breast cancer with her thoughts, I can heal myself of my stomach issues because my stomach issues is way less severe than breast cancer, right? So this is how I'm thinking. And little did I know that just a few years after that uh, documentary came out or that book came out, Kathy Goodman passed away from breast cancer. So here she is telling millions of people, and this isn't Kathy's fault. This is the producers and Rhonda. This is their fault for continuing to keep her in the movie. But here you have her telling everyone that yeah, I healed myself of breast cancer, giving these people hope that they can possibly heal themselves as well. I had one woman comment on my, um, on my YouTube video of where I exposed this saying, man, you know, I have a friend who's uh, suffering from cancer and I remembered Kathy Goodman's story. So I went searching for it. And then I found your video in which you're saying that she died and now I'm crushed. I don't know what to tell this woman. Uh, I don't know what to tell my friend. And that it like broke my heart because this is what happens. You give people this false hope and then you don't even backtrack. You don't take her out of the documentary. You don't remove her from the book. You just keep, keep the lie going. And people think that Kathy Goodman is walking around living a full life, completely breast cancer free when she's six feet in the, in the ground, you know? So you have that in which it's dangerous and don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I do think that when you find yourself in a, in a health crisis, you should think positively about it. You know, you should believe God uh, that is going to carry you through this in whichever way he wills, whether that's healing or whether that's sanctification or whatever his will is. So you should have a positive outlook no matter what. But don't trick yourself into thinking that because you're thinking positive thoughts that you're healing your body uh, in, in some sort of magical way, right? So you have that. Then you have the danger of chasing spiritual high after spiritual high after spiritual high. So there's a man named James Arthur Ray in The Secret. And in, in there, he, you know, he's just giving his spiel on why the law of attraction is what it is and why you should believe it. And he also does 
these spiritual warrior retreats. And he did one in Sedona and where he made this sweat lodge experience. And a sweat lodge is pretty self-explanatory. It's a lodge that is designed to make you sweat. It's something that the indigenous people of the Americas, it's something that they participate in in their spirituality. And it's supposed to be ran, it's supposed to be ran by a certified elder of that spiritual community. Otherwise, it can be dangerous. James Arthur Ray ignored that. And he just built a makeshift sweat lodge. Uh, people paid $10,000 each to come to this spiritual warrior retreat. And three of them died during the sweat lodge experience. And he went to jail for two years of negligent homicide, came right out, rebranded himself, and is still selling courses and uh, trainings and spiritual warrior retreats and the whole nine yards as if nothing ever happened. So it can not only lead to misconceptions about uh, spirituality, but it can also literally lead to your death. Yeah, it's extremely dangerous. And then you got people on the other side of it. Uh, what about people who claim that they've had success or they've been, uh, they become successful using the law of attraction? How would you respond? Yeah, so there's a few reasons of why I believe this happens. Uh, one of them is just practically speaking. If you are a negative person like how I used to be, everything was negative, I, even my bank account at the time, right? So I was just so negative all the time. And then when I learned about the law of attraction, I was like, oh, let me be positive. And since I was positive, I was just easier to be around. So it made it easier for people to do business with me. I had a positive outlook on life. So practically speaking, I changed in that way. And I was more, quote unquote, attractive, not in the attracting from the universe type way, but I was just easier to work with, easier to be around. When you meet me for the first time, I have a positive attitude and you're like, man, I want to be around that guy. I want to do business with him. So that's one of the practical reasons. And I had a lot of success uh, during this period of my life. And I attributed some of that to the law of attraction. I also worked my butt off. And this is one thing that, that really bothers me, right? Is when I have watched people go from nothing to multimillionaire in the industry that I was a part of, right? From literally living in their mom's house to multimillionaire. And I watched them work around the clock doing presentations, like 12 presentations a day, going up and down the East Coast, leaving their wife and kid at home and, and then traveling to the other side of the country, doing presentations over there, building teams and just going absolutely crazy, having bags under their eyes from all of the work that they did. Then they reach their pinnacle of success and say it was the law of attraction. And I, I'm like, what? Did you not see the same thing that I saw, right? And if you, if you just look at some of these people who are big law of attraction preachers, look at their life. They're working around the clock. It's like they negate all of the hard work that goes into this. And because the law of attraction was one of the factors that helped them stay on course, because it is important. To, if, you, if you have a goal, it is very important to be focused on that goal, not look left, not look right. And that's what the law of attraction teaches. So you can have this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of I just focused on the goal and then it happened. But you're negating all of the hard work that you put into it. So that's a few reasons right there. And then we have the spiritual side of things, right? So we have to remember, what is the devil's goal? Many people think that the devil's goal is to create wars and to create famine and to make people suffer. And that's not the devil's goal. Maybe it is in some areas. But his number one goal is to keep you and me away from putting our faith in Christ. 
that's his number one goal. Because he can make our lives here a little difficult, but if he can make our afterlife more difficult, if he can take people with him to hell, he's going to do that, right? So what happens is the devil being the god of this age, right? He, I, I call it propping people up to become tools of the devil. So he'll give you all the success. He'll give you all of the, the nations of the world, so to speak, right? He'll give you everything that your deceitful heart desires as long as you don't worship the one true God. Simple as that. So therefore, he will give you all of that. He has his little minions and demons and fallen angels helping to, to, to push you to navigate um, your, your success. And then when you reach there, instead of giving the praise to God, you then give the praise to the law of attraction. And in doing so, you convince other people to buy into it because we're an idol following, worshiping generation. And all we care about is worldly success, especially here in the West. So when we have these successful entrepreneurs and great motivational speakers talking about 369 rule and law of attraction and vision boards and manifesting your reality, and that's how I became successful, they can get the masses to follow in their footsteps and completely buy into this. And their spirituality is so warped that they're calling Jesus an ascended master. He was a good teacher. And they drag you into chasing spiritual high after spiritual high in order to attain their worldly success. So the devil props these people up in order to get uh, people who are blinded by the, the lusts of this world to follow in their footsteps and therefore leading them to maybe worldly success in this life, but definitely not success in the next one. So I believe there's many factors to why somebody can be successful with the law of attraction or attribute that success to the law of attraction. And that's just a few of them right there. Yeah, amen. Well, unfortunately, we are all out of time. Uh, there's a lot more that we could uh, talk about, but uh, people will just have to get the book, and I highly suggest people do. So where can people pick up your book and follow you online? So you can get uh, the physical copy from Amazon. I also have an audio book on Audible. You can get, um, I think, on iTunes as well. And then you can get the, the PDF version, the like Kindle or whatever the other companies are. You can get that pretty much anywhere, like barnesandnoble.com. You could get that also on Amazon. So if you just search the book title, you can find anywhere that you can, uh, that you can get it. Excellent. Uh, and if people want to follow you online, how would they go about doing that? Just search John Clash, J-O-N-C-L-A-S-H on YouTube or J-Clash, J-C-L-A-S-H on Instagram and Twitter slash X or whatever it's called now. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, well, John, thank you so much for coming on the show today. What a fascinating discussion. Again, there's so much more that we could talk about, but uh, I just I highly suggest that people at home pick up the book. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. All right. And thank all of you as well. Until next time. Take care and God bless.